This is Jim Minns, communications officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week... You don't save 13% by just changing your stationary supplier or turning the lights off. You have to make very drastic staff cuts. An efficiency dividend appears to be on the cards for vital independent accountability and anti-corruption agencies. Also... To be honest, it's the first time that we've ever had a minister. I've been doing this role for the last 16 years and we've never had a minister come and attend our delegates to management meetings, so that was a breath of fresh air. Communication lines appear to be open between the POVB and Department of Corrections. This week, the Premier announced that she has tasked the Auditor-General to look into four vital independent integrity bodies that keep the New South Wales government intact. Hi, my name's Laura Moss. I'm the Research Officer for the PSA. This government loves to talk about the value of frontline staff over back-office staff. But when it comes to our regulatory bodies, the agencies tasked with keeping our government accountable, the so-called back-office staff are the frontline staff and yet they are being subjected to the same efficiency dividend as other agencies, if not worse. The overarching government efficiency dividend imposes a 3% cut per year over four years. However, the Commissioner of the LECC, or the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission, has revealed that his organisation's budget is being forced to find 5%. The LECC's budget is so small that it is only able to properly investigate 2% of the complaints it receives. PSA Acting General Secretary Troy Wright. Look, the efficiency dividend's been handled quite differently across different areas of government. Um, A lot of our larger departments have just been told there's an efficiency dividend and left to find it themselves. This level of almost hands-on intervention by the Berejiklian government when it comes to these agencies who are charged with extremely important anti-corruption and review processes is a real concern that um, why is this approach being taken with them? It's not being taken with larger agencies, but they seem very, very, very keen to get these cuts imposed in what are very essential watchdogs in our democracy. Since 2015, ICAC has had its staff in investigation cut by more than 10%, assessments by almost 30%, and corruption prevention by 35%. The, The efficiency dividend, you can't underestimate how big that cut is. It's glossed up in colourful language, it sounds like something quite palatable to the average taxpayer, but it was 3% a year for four years. That's compounded around 13%. You don't save 13% by just changing your stationary supplier or turning the lights off. You have to make very drastic staff cuts. Most government department agencies, you know, 80-90% of their budget is staff. And so to cut 13% means a loss of jobs. A loss of jobs can only result in loss of capacity for the agency and loss of functions. When it comes to ICAC and the Ombudsman, they are very small agencies and those cuts will be felt a lot harder than larger ones that might be able to absorb them. I think the community large should be extremely concerned. ICAC has an absolutely fundamentally important role in our democracy. We can see at the federal government level where there isn't an ICAC that people get very concerned about the trans transparency of government decisions. We have led the country with ICAC. We have led the country about having an independent corruption watchdog. And over the last 20 years that I can remember, it has pulled in very high profile scalps. 
and it's really shone a light in places governments haven't wanted a light shone at different times. Governments of both persuasions. Um, right now, it has some very high-level investigations it's undertaking into government ministers. Um, so, you know, ICAC is really the role gold standard as far as corruption watchdogs go, and it should be treated that way. It should be appreciated by every taxpayer in New South Wales for that. This is the government that has privatised $80 billion worth of our public assets and services. While the people of New South Wales need public oversight bodies now more than ever before, this government wants to cut its way out of accountability. The strength and effectiveness of the union depends on you and your colleagues standing together. If you work in the New South Wales public service and the federal system, consider joining the PSA CPSU New South Wales. This movement is striving to make New South Wales and Australia a better place for all working people. United we bargain, divided we beg. Head to psa.asn.au forward slash join. Protect yourself and make a difference. On Tuesday, New South Wales Corrections Minister Anthony Roberts addressed the POVB delegates and relayed the government's announcement that a bill for the introduction of mandatory disease testing of anyone who assaults a frontline worker and exposes them to bloodborne diseases will be presented before Parliament in the new year. These reforms came from uh, issues being raised with us at uh, our very first meeting. Um, and uh, can I congratulate again uh, the POVB and the PSA they're continuing to pursue this issue on your, on your behalf and on the behalf of all frontline staff in corrective services. Deliberate, in, uh, deliberate attempts by inmates um, to assault our staff uh, will not be tolerated. Incidents such as being spat on, bitten, scratched or otherwise potentially exposed to a bloodborne disease, uh, as we know, can be extremely traumatic and stressful for officers and indeed their families. I want to give peace of mind to all correctional officers so they no longer have to endure months of uncertainty that they may have been exposed to blood-borne diseases. The news, and indeed the visit itself to PSA House by the Minister, was a welcome change from previous interactions with the Department of Corrections. POVB Vice Chairperson Nicole Jess. To be honest, it's the first time that we've ever had a Minister. I've been doing this role for the last 16 years and we've never had a Minister come and attend our delegates to management meetings, so that was a breath of fresh air. Um, and secondly, for a minister to come and announce such a major um, change in legislation that supports prison officers and all staff that work in corrective services and any other emergency frontline worker, I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that the delegates um, went away feeling as if they're supported by not just um, the POVB, but the Minister as well, and I don't think that's ever happened. The announcement of the bill, with bipartisan parliamentary support, will provide a measure of relief for mental health, along with peace of mind for prison officers exposed to blood-borne diseases. Well, I, think, I think that um, not just him, but other Ministers as well have been approached um, by paramedics, by police, um, by us, by the different unions, um, because we've just had enough. And I think... With the, um, it's on the increase, you know, getting bodily fluids spat at you or being bitten is on the increase. And, you know, I think they are hearing it more and more often by members telling their stories and willing to tell their stories because they've had enough that they just, they had to do something about it. They had to, they had to actually start to listen and act on what they're being told. As you're aware, generally speaking, correctional staff aren't aware 
of the inmate's health status unless the inmate consents uh, or there is a present risk. So what we've seen now uh, through this new legislation that uh, mandatory disease testing uh, will provide clarity and ensure that our corrective services officers receive prompt medical assessment, treatment uh, and, where required, counselling. The newly improved lines of communication between the PSA, POVB and the Department of Corrections under the new Minister, Anthony Roberts, highlights the potential for discussions and negotiations on a whole range of issues related to the Department of Corrections and prison officers going forward. So you think this has now opened up a line of dialogue between you and the Ministry there? Oh, most definitely. And I think, I think you know, since he's come on board as our Minister, the dialogue has been um, extremely open and we're not going to agree on everything all the time. But, uh, you know, when we're able to put a... a a strong telling case before him. He is listening, which is, which is as I said, it's probably the first time in a long time. And, um, you know, it's refreshing for our members and they can see that we're actually making real change. We haven't had the support from ministers previously. You know, we, know, we do know that the police have got that, that ability to sway ministers because they, they're looked in the community favourably. We don't necessarily have that. So for our minister to come out and do what what he's done and publicly support us like that it's a step in the right direction and we hope in the future that you know from that we need to look at workers comp because when we get beaten when we get assaulted our workers comp is a lot less than what um the fiery the ambos and the police have so hopefully this is a step in the right direction to change that as well i mean that is our biggest thing moving forward in 2020 it's what we'll be pushing and um you know, and it's what we need to change because we've got some people long term that it's crippling them financially. Um, they're getting secondary um, illnesses like post traumatic stress disorder because we just don't hear from people in, you know, corrective services from the insurance provider. Things really have to change for us in workers' comp. When we get bitten, when we get assaulted, our workers' comp is a lot less than what um, the fiery, the ambos, and the police have. So hopefully, this is in the right direction to change that as well. You were just listening to the PSA CPSU podcast. This is a weekly show and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, you can get in contact with us for feedback or story ideas on Twitter at PSANSW or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash PSANSW. I'm Jim Minns. Thanks for listening.